I just don't get along with my family. I don't know what it is. Uh, they just don't like me, or maybe they just like being rough and tough or something. But I just couldn't stay. Ironically, this isn't even the first time I've been homeless. So many of them had been kicked out because they were like gangbanging. The parents couldn't handle it, or they simply hit the streets. You know, a lot of times when they kind of get that taste of freedom, they're kind of doing the homeboy gang thing, and they're drinking their beer and chasing the girls, and you know, who wants to go home and do homework and stuff? And so things go bad, and suddenly there's no place to stay. Lots of kids were on the streets a lot trying to avoid the cops, and I don't hear too much about that. Hey guys, welcome to the Homeless episode with Artan Reno in collaboration with Discover America with Prince Nesta. My name is Robin Feinberg. I'm Prince Nesta. And so what you're going to be doing on this particular episode is that we are going to be sharing some of our experiences in terms of reporting. And I'm going to be sharing some of my Kenyan experiences and the homelessness in the Kenyan culture. And Robin, you're going to be sharing some of the American experiences as far as homelessness is concerned, right? Yeah, I'll be sharing a lot of work that I've done over the past few years and even recently in regards to kind of the homeless situation and just, you know, what's going on in Reno. Stay tuned for more. What are some of the stories that you've done in the course of your reporting? Yeah, I've been working on a student street reporting project out of the University of Nevada, Reno. So we call it Our Town Reno, and a teacher of ours actually started it. And we're reporting on all things that are happening in Reno that have to do with homelessness and the homeless population and what's been going on the past few years in Reno. Who are some of the people that make up the homeless community in the United States? So a big kind of number is actually from those who have been incarcerated and have criminal records. So a lot of people struggle finding employment after they've gone out of jail or prison or they just have a record. And it's actually been reported that of the 11 million people that are incarcerated every year, about 15% of those have been homeless. And about 48,000 people a year kind of enter shelters after being released from prison. I spoke to a guy, his name is Daniel Martinez, and I asked him one of the reasons that he's homeless, and this is what he had to say. I've been homeless for since about December 2016, thereabouts, off and on. Before I was continuously homeless, I had moved here from San Diego in January 2016. My girlfriend and I were told that uh, there was a place, or a room open, or not there wasn't, and they were just bounced around from motel to motel. Got into some legal trouble. I caught a case, um, which sent me to jail for a couple months. Then after that, I had no, nothing to fall back on. So that's how I wound up homeless the first time. Partially because of my record, I have not been able to get a job to um, get back up on my feet. Welcome back on this collaborative project between our town Reno and Discover America. Now, Robin, you come from California. How would you compare, for instance, the homelessness in California and the homelessness in Reno? I'd say in California, there's definitely been an increase in homelessness. I think the housing market has skyrocketed in California, and I think even anyone on the West Coast would agree that the housing prices have gone up like insane amount and people are being priced out. So I feel like the homeless population and just homelessness in general has really increased since I was even a kid growing up, especially in the Bay Area. Mm. 
the place that I've seen that has deeply been affected with homelessness is actually Auckland. I mean, Auckland's definitely struggled. And I think, you know, a lot has happened to the economy to add to that. And yeah, whenever I'm in Auckland, I, you know, I definitely see a lot of homelessness and, um, you know, people just kind of struggling on the streets. And it's very, it's very apparent. I would say that more than most places. Now, Robin, talking about Auckland, I actually met a couple from Auckland who've been homeless and in love for 10 years. I'm from Oakland, California. We've been homeless about 10 years. 10 years now. Well, I, when I met her, I, I met her through an, another friend that lived outdoors. And we started hanging around together. And I told her, well, you know what? We could hang out together, you know, and feel safe. She was like, yeah, we could. And so we've been hanging this long outside. And I, I want to protect her because I promised her that I wouldn't let nothing happen to her. And I never let anything happen to her. And we worry each night we go to sleep because we have seen some things at 3 or 2 o'clock in the morning that you normally don't see. Me and her have been threatened. It's scary. Most of the time... I'm awake. Nighttime, she sleeps, I stay awake. that in most countries in Africa, children always find themselves in the streets because of neglect, inheritance issues, you know, your inheritance is taken away from you. People find themselves in the streets because they lack employment opportunities. Peer pressure is also one of the reasons as to why people find themselves homeless in the streets. What's unfortunate about this, Robin, is that when they're in the streets, they face violence, they face harassment, you know, they engage in a lot of fights which sometimes might be detrimental because it leads to death or injuries. Uh, sometimes they abuse drugs, loneliness, they face starvation and unplanned pregnancies. Some ladies are even raped which is very unfortunate. What are some of the reasons as to why people become homeless in the United States? I'd say housing prices are definitely a big one. Not a lot of people can afford to buy a home, much less really rent a home with how rent increases are going. Mm. That's also been seen a lot between California and Nevada. Um, rent increases have gone up exponentially. some of the situations that make homelessness a hot button in California? One of the big ones, I'm from the Bay Area, and one of the big ones right now, especially in San Francisco on the peninsula and the Silicon Valley, is the Ellis Act. So before San Francisco kind of became the tech hub as we know it, um, it used to be a pretty like bohemian like city. Like obviously everyone kind of knows that it was like a huge arts and, you know, hippie movements, if you want to call it that. So it used to be this kind of really special place where arts and culture really thrived. And so once 
kind of tech companies started seeing kind of the value of being next to the Silicon Valley and, you know, commuting. And a lot more companies moved into San Francisco. And a lot of people who had been living in their homes in the city for generations kind of found themselves being slapped with something called the Ellis Act, which is a lawful eviction notice under California law. So pretty much generations who had been renting for years in a house, let's say, you know, near the pier, you know, on the really popular areas of San Francisco, who didn't really have to pay as much as people do have to now, found themselves kind of being evicted without cause, which is lawful if the renter decides to up or take. So pretty much the renter decides that he wants to take his property off the rental market and sell to a higher bidder. So under the Ellis Act, he can evict give notice to all his tenants. He has to make everyone leave the building. He has to take all the units off the rental market in order for this to like happen. So he'll pretty much tell them that, hey, Ellis will be taking place in the next few months. Like this is how long you kind of have to move out. And then he'll sell it for usually 20% more and someone will buy it and move in and that family is gone or those families are gone. Isn't it the same thing with what is happening in Reno right now where major companies are coming in and, you know, people are being forced to sell their properties left, right and center? Yeah, I think... Especially we have the Tesla Gigafactory that moved in. That was a huge thing when I first came to Reno in 2014 was that Tesla was moving in. Um, It was really secretive what they were doing, but they knew it was going to bring a lot of kind of economic development and people to Reno and people were going to want to move to Reno. Um, And so since I've been here, I've seen housing prices. I mean, Nevada used to be like super cheap. Like my parents were thinking about buying a house because it was like $200,000, like less than $300,000 for a house in Nevada and some land. And you knew a lot of people who moved out here if they had like horses or something and they could buy a huge piece of land for like nothing. So since I've been here in 2014, I've seen prices go up to half a million for houses when they used to be less than maybe 300,000 like four years ago. So if you can imagine what that not only does to like a buying kind of mortgage area of development, you can only imagine what that does to rent. You sound like an expert in this field. eh? (laughs) That's just the things I've noticed. I've been able to do a lot of writing on business and education. And, you know, now that I've kind of been writing about homelessness and poverty and gentrification in Reno, it all kind of comes together and you learn a lot from kind of different areas. And I have been able to talk to a lot of people who voice the same concerns, you know. Hey guys, welcome back on this homeless episode, a collaboration between Discover America and our town, Reno. I'm Prince Nesta, and right now I'm hosting the show with... Robin Feinberg. Now, Robin, the homeless in America are well-dressed. Like, I've been doing a lot of reporting, and I can't compare them to the homeless in Kenya. To me, they look okay. I mean, they're well-dressed, they look healthy. How come? I think, you know, we do have homeless shelters that will host like food drives and you know will have food available and clothes available i can't speak to them all but i do know that in reno they do try and collect food and and clothes to give out to people i think you know there's a lot of people and organizations who get together on their own time to be able to give food and host food events for the homeless population i know we went to one by the river in reno which is a pretty i guess 
big place for a lot of homeless to live, especially when there's bad weather. They'll go under the bridges near the river. And we actually went to one and they were serving food. Um, they do it, I think, monthly is what they were saying. And they bring pizza and it's kind of like a potluck style. And these organizations will set up camp there and let people know when it's going to happen and they kind of start a routine. So I think there's a lot of people and organizations who will come together to, to help people. Robin, do you think the Reno City is trying to combat homelessness? You know, I think for any city, it's a really tough question to have to tackle. And from what I've talked to with developers and councilmen, you know, for the cities, it's it's a really it's a really difficult question that they kind of have a hard time addressing a lot of the time. And you know, it's it's kind of not one of those things you can really solve overnight. Um, I was able to talk to Councilman David Bobzian. He sits on the city of Reno Council, and this is what he had to say about it. That's probably the most heartbreaking thing about this right now is just feeling like we're trying to do as much as we can. Um, we are doing more, but knowing that you know those tragedies are going to keep coming. Robin, what are some of the countries that you've visited? I've been to England, Ireland. I've been to all of the Scandinavian countries, Norway, Denmark, um, Sweden. I've also been to Paris, so France. You're so lucky. I feel very lucky to have been um, so, to so many places so far. How do you compare like homelessness in all these countries that you've been in? It's varying levels I think like you got in America but I think something I, I really noticed especially between like England and and France is you see a large kind of influx of you know people from different backgrounds um, who might be refugees just varying levels of, of poverty and what that means I definitely noticed something in in England I studied in in Brighton England and there was a lot of homeless men who would kind of wander around the pier there if you've ever been there um, and we were eating dinner one night as a group and a man came up to our table. We were sitting outside and he was like, do you have a pound or two that you could spare me? And um, one of the girls across from me gave him like two pounds that she had left over from change. And there was a group of guys sitting next to us. And once the, the guy left, he came over and he kind of was upset with the girl for my friend for giving him money. Um, he kind of said that, hey, like, you need to be careful here because you don't know who's really a kind of a real homeless person. You don't want to go around giving money to people. And so he just seemed kind of like, yeah, don't do it no matter what. So that was a little bit more hostility towards, you know, maybe more of the homeless population than I'd seen before because I feel like in America, like, it's pretty normal to give our change to someone on the street or if, I, if you have, like, an extra dollar, like, it's it's something, like, especially if someone's, like, busking, you know, for money, like, it's kind of normal to put a dollar. When you see a homeless person, Robin, what goes on in your mind? I mean, part of me feels really bad saying homeless person because they're a person and they have a name and they have a life. How would um, you prefer to rather call them? If I knew their name, I would just, you know, call them by their name because they have names like any of us. 
Robin, any last words? Well, I've definitely really, I've definitely learned a lot since I've lived in Reno the past few years, and I've been covering stories such as this. And I think it really makes me want to continue on with telling people's stories because I think, you know, every everyone's stories are so important to hear. And I hope that a solution can be found, you know, not just in Reno but across the board. Robin, where can we find you? Yeah, if you want to see more of my work, you can find me on the Our Town Reno website. Um, I have a few stories up there, a few more that are coming out in the next few weeks. And you can also find me on any of my social media sites. I have a photography site. I do a lot of, you know, photography of my travels and where I've been. So my photography site's on Instagram and it's fine photography. So F-E-I-N and then photography. And that's my, a lot of my travels I post on there. Robin, I've really had a wonderful time. Have you enjoyed yourself? Yeah, I think this has been a really interesting podcast and we've had a really good time working on it. Thank you. I've enjoyed being here. You're very welcome. Don't mention it. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. See you next time. <laughs>